Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm certainly going to rejoice and be glad in it. We're going to continue uh, this morning um, uh, enthusiastically because uh, there was a point on uh, Friday, certainly early Saturday, that I didn't know if I would be able to complete this assignment. Uh, but God is so good. We are going to continue our study in uh, Exodus, and we're talking about obedience, and we're in a unit uh, about uh, obedience and worship, and uh, the overall arching unit is honoring, how to honor God, and we learn in uh, unit one, just begin with obedience, just just obey, can we just obey, and then uh, last week, uh, Brother Bogan, we talked about uh, obedience and, uh, and respect for God. And today we're going to look at chapter 20, uh, verses 1 uh, through 11. And uh, we know them as the beginning uh, of the Ten Commandments. And actually, this portion of uh, passage of Scripture deals with our relationship with God. And the remaining uh, verses deal with uh our relationship with each other. And so God has given us uh, uh, commands and uh, they are guideposts, they are guidelines, they guide us, they, they are guardrail, they are, they are a guide. Uh, so there, there's a great message in this thing that we call uh, the law, the Ten Commandments. And certainly we're going to look at them this morning and we're going to look at them and how they apply to the worshiping of God. Uh, amen. Amen. Obedient, obedience in worshiping God alone. Okay. How, how many of you really believe that the word of God is for you? The, the word of God is for you. The, the word of God. Uh, we, 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 we know and we've been taught that, that uh, all scripture is God-breathed and it is from God. So if it's in the book that we call the B-I-B-L-E, uh, it is to me, it's to you. It's for you, and it's for me. Would we, we agree on that? Let's just shake our heads. I, I, it, okay. Then someone tell me why it is that we forget that so quickly. And when we forget that, Brother Bogan, we fall into disobedience. And we've already learned in our unit so far this quarter is that obedience is the beginning of honoring God. And on the heels of a lesson on obedience and respect for God, we get God's law, God's commandments, God's prescription, God's guidelines 
for how to honor God. Now, if this is the word of God, then it's for you and it's for me. And that anything contrary to that is a dishonor and is in disobedience to God. I, I, I saw you shake your head, Bowman. Monty, I, I, I saw you. You, you. you guys agree. You, you know, this, this is the word of God. I want you to listen as Sister Ogletree reads the first three verses. And uh, uh, since I don't see that well today, uh, Brother Davis, please make me okay. cognizant of time. All right. You and Sister Dorothy, make me cognizant of time. Because this is one. Sister Ogletree, the first three verses of Exodus chapter 20. L listen, listen. I want you to listen. Lend an ear to the voice of Dolores Ogletree. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I, I heard her very distinctively. I, I, I did not see her lips move, but I heard her very distinctive. And Sister Paulette, do you know what I heard? I heard that God spoke all these words. Moses didn't speak them. Pastor Brown didn't speak them. Deacon Sneed didn't speak them. Bogan didn't speak them. Deacon Harmon didn't speak them. It said that God spoke these words. So it's very important that that first verse to know that God audibly spoke these words in the people's ear so that they would have no excuse that they would not believe. Oh, that's just Moses. Moses went up there and made up that stuff. And now he's coming out here telling us because this is what he wants. No. This is out of the mouth of God. And out of the mouth of God, it has been inspired to the pages of what we call the B-I-B-L-E. God spoke this. So who are you going to believe? You going to believe Moses? You going to believe Dick Sneed? We're going to believe God. Because right there it tells you, you don't have to believe any one of these. God is telling you directly, Dolores Ogletree, Davies, Regina, Fred, Corrando, God spoke these words. And here's what he said. And if the word is inspired to us and for us, then what God is about to say applies to us and for us. In verse two, he says, I am the Lord thy God. He identifies himself. This is God speaking. I'm the one that brought you up out of Egypt. I'm the one that liberated you out of slavery. I am the one. I am that I am. I'm the one. I'm speaking. And I'm telling you something. He says, I want to remind you who I am and what I've done for you before I ask you to do something. Before we enter this covenant, I want you to know who I am. I want you to remind you of what I've done for you. So it 
it, it tells you the authority by which I speak. You're mine. I'm yours. I'm entering in this covenant relationship with you that you will call the Ten Commandments. But he says, here's the first. You shall have. You. You. Y-O-U. And as a matter of fact, all of you, as, as we, we want to read this together, but instead of you, I want you to put your name there. I want to listen to you. I want to see your lips moving now. So here we go. Verse three. What? Thou. Thou. Wait a minute. No, no, no. I, I got it already. You're unmute. I knew it. I knew it. See, see, Brother Davis, you see how they wouldn't pay instruction? They won't hear me. They won't. But I expect you guys to hear God. Here's what I said. I said, instead of that, you are thou. Instead of thou, put your name. Put your name. Instead of thou, put your name. Let's try it one more time. TG. You shall have no other gods before me. Let me see. Did I see Vanessa? Did I see Gwen's mouth moving? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I saw Gwen's mouth. Okay. All right. Yeah. Steve. Steve, he didn't want to, but he his mouth moved. He, he tried to cover it up. But in other words, you shall not have any other gods before me. The Lord's Ogre Tree, you can't have any other gods before. And that before is not just in order. That's you shall have no other gods except me. We're, 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 hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. Hear, O resurrection, the Lord God is one. You will have no other gods in priority or even in existence. No other God. You will only have the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You will only have God of the burning bush. You will only have God who liberated you from slavery. The God has brought you a mighty long way. The God who intervened on your behalf when you couldn't do anything for yourself. That's the God, and there should be no others. Now, that's pretty clear. And then today, uh, Brother Davis, you know, we 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 kind of lot gloss over that. Oh, yeah, well, we we safe on that one. You know, we we don't uh uh, uh worship uh we don't serve uh, uh 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 different gods. Uh you know, we we are beyond that. That I can understand uh him saying this to the children of Israel who had just come out of Egypt where there were uh it was a polytheistic society where there were Many gods, all types of gods. I can understand him saying, but surely he can't be talking to resurrection. To that, I'll say, surely you are wrong. Because if it was written to you, it was written for you. Because today, we use all kinds of substitutes for God. We not only, what, what happens is that we start prioritizing the things in our lives and they become God, sister pillow. So you break both elements of the command. Don't put anything before me, but don't have anything at all. 
You know, your, your, your job can be your God. Your, your position, your prestige, your power can be your, your children can be good, become your God. And God says, it is no competition. You will not have one. Don't put anything, don't elevate anything in your life above God. God is irreplaceable. There are no substitutes. So even in the 21st century, even in the year 2022, even at resurrection, we need to examine ourselves and say, are we really honoring God when we put all these other things before him? When we have all these other things compete with him? Do, do, do you realize your church can become your God? And, 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 and that's why it will never satisfy. That's why people church hop, Bogan. It's because they made church their God instead of God who established the church. But Sister Ogletree has read to you the first three verses. She set the groundwork for you shall have no other God. Verse four. Sisogatree, verse four. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above. Above? Or that or? is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Ah, 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 ah. Did, did you notice that what Sister Obertree did at my member? My 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 favorite member, uh, at, at, oh, I thought that was Sister Nikita. Okay, but Sister Ogletree, she she tried to get me. She stopped there, thinking that he ain't seeing very well now. He let's see how well he's listening to what I read, you know. But but I caught it, Sister uh, Ogletree, because it says that you shall not make any graven image that is in the earth beneath or in the water, under the earth. Anything above the earth or anything beneath the earth? Anything in the earth, anything around the earth. Oh, oh I, I'm being dram very dramatic here. See, because most of you, when verse three was read, oh, I don't worship no other God. I don't, I don't put anything above God. But what about those graven images? Because God knew that once you started looking around, you would try and find something that would represent him. And God says that I'm not to be represented and that there's nothing that can compare. So you don't, Take no wood or stone and carve a bird because you see a majestic eagle. <clears throat> you, you, you don't carve a mountain. You don't carve a statue. That's a graven image. That's an uh, image in, a, in an attempt to represent God. And God says, you can't do that because what that will do that will lead to you prioritizing the image 
over God himself. You will then prioritize the image over the essence. And God says, no. You say, well, Brother Neil, I don't think we have a problem. Well, let's see if you do. Verse 5, uh, uh, Ogletree. Thou should not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. And the Lord thy God am, oh, I'm sorry. And God visiting the inequities of the fathers until the third and fourth generation of them. Did you hear it? You froze up a little bit, uh, Sister Ogletree, but I, uh, we, we were reading along with you. And in verse five, he tells you why you don't do it. And in verse five, it is so misunderstood, Sister Pillow. You know why? Because people think that because you, Sister Pillow, built a false image and you bow down, that it will affect your 31-year-old child and any grandchildren you may have. That, 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 that God will punish them for what you did. That is not true. Sister Lovelace, that is not true. What that verse says, you shall not bow down to any graven images and your children should not see you doing that because if you see, if they see you doing that, they will emulate it. And so that which you brought on, they will try and emulate. And it will affect generation after generation. In other words, some stuff that you may do now that are is really great bowing down to graven images, those children and grandchildren are subject to carry over and thus be affected. But God is not punishing them because of you. You have set an example that will affect them for generation after generation. And that's why it's so important that we nick it in the bud right now, Brother Bogan, that when we see, because we're there, I'm telling you, you guys, you guys saying, hey, Russ Need must, oh, man, let, let me see. He's seeing something I don't see. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I, he's got them Stevie Wonder glasses on. Maybe he's seen something I don't see. But, 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 but if you don't see it, that the graven images, they have permeated our church, our churches. Throughout the land. You want one, at least one example? Because I, I know Terry J. I, and I know that 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 I, I call them twins, that Terry and that Elizabeth. I, I know them. I know what they'll they'll say. Just give me one example and I'll I'll be satisfied. Well, I'm I'll give you one example, Terry J. You know how, how it is that we build these edifices and all of a sudden, that edifices takes more priority than the worship of God. That, that, that edifice is going to be clean from top to bottom, spit 
China and people, you know, got to act a certain way and a certain decorum has got to be, you know, don't disturb uh, the edifice and don't, don't move articles off of this and don't do that and don't. Wait, wait a minute. What's, what's more important? I, I'm saying if the edifice is keeping you from the presence and the proper wor worship of God, tear it down. Oh, Russell, that's extreme. I, I, I don't see that. I, I heard Terry. I heard her when she said it. I, I, Russell, need. I don't see it. Well, you notice how now we build all these great uh, 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 churches, uh, 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 and yeah, you know, we don't build them with stained glass windows anymore, and we don't necessarily have steeples on top and all that kind of stuff. But come on the inside, and let's see the people worship. More and more, we have representatives that do all the worshiping, and we just sit there, and we are simply consumers of Christian content. More and more, the, 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 the very mechanism by which, the platform by which we're able to come together this morning, it is becoming an object of worship. You got to have it. Let's just worship the Lord. Let's just praise the Lord. Does the platform become more important than the worship of God? Ah, still, Terry J says, I tell you what, if you can do three, I might be convinced. Once you're inside some of those churches, now the, the congregation has gotten so used to the smoke. Y'all been to those churches? Dean Harmon, you, you, you visited those churches? Oh, yeah, you, you're here every Sunday, so you, you don't get a chance to visit much. But, you know, those churches where they've got to show the smoke. And if the smoke machine is not working, we got a problem because surely the smoke is revealing the glory of God. Shut up! The things, the ornaments, the, 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 all the presentation inside that building is not worship. There's not worship until the people of God are there. That's why they call it corporate worship. That means that everybody needs to be participating. Everybody needs to be engaged. And I don't need any symbols. I don't need any representations of the glory of God to know the glory of God. Smoke does not, not, not do anything for me inside the building because when I see smoke in the building, I'm ready to run from the building. And God has charged us to worship him in spirit and in truth and run to the building. Oh, I got Terry J now. I knew Fred. I knew if I stayed there long enough, I'd have a, I'd have a, I got it. Cause that's what we do. We pay more attention to the, the things in the church money than we do the worship of God. And God says, do not do that. The most important thing is your worship. Sister Ogletree, take us to six. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Conclude with that simply because I want you to see that God says, 
that I'm not, not going to punish that generation. They will be the victims of some things that you've taught and done wrong. And that it's important for you, Brother Davies, to get it right now so that that grandbaby won't fall into that pit. That grandbaby won't fall into, I got to have... Uh, I got to have some smoke and we, we got to have the right orchestra and we got to have this. What about just worship? You know, you know, I, I remember a time uh, uh, and, and what was considered Sister Regina, uh, a sophisticated church down at the Tr Trinity AMEs I church that, 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 that every now and then that, that the Holy Spirit would just break out and people didn't care nothing about form and decorum and, and all of that, that the old sisters, Brother Bogan, used to come in and they start shouting and they ain't on music note been played yet. And as a matter of fact, on, on, on some days, that, that, that even in the uh, uh, what we call Sunday school, uh, uh, worship would break out so much, uh, the, the pastor would declare, uh, we can all go home and rest now because worship has already taken place. That's the kind of thing that God envisions when you care more about him than images and buildings and, 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 and little trinkets that go along with our worship and little beads that we hold and, and, and statutes that we, we, we make trying to represent God. God says, don't do it. I'm not in competition with anybody and I will not be. You can go down to the lowest value, valley or the highest mountain. There's nobody like God. So don't bring in no competition because it's all for naught. Thank you, Sister Ogletree. Sister Bonds, Sister Bonds, Sister Bonds, would you open up uh, verse 7 for me? Thou shalt, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. God says, in this covenant relationship, in this one where I'm to be respected at all times, one where I'm to be worshipped at all times, you will not use my name in vain. Mm -hmm. See, see, because you, you got to understand, God's name tells us who he is, reveals his nature of but his, his name also meets my needs. God's name is to be revered, respected, not flipping about it. You, you can't talk about you respect God and you don't respect his name. Just think about it. Just think about it. God says, don't use my name in vain. And whenever we hear that, Everybody, again, Sister Pillow, they begin to clap all the resurrection nights and you know, all the First Baptist, Second Baptist, Third Baptist, Trinitarian, uh, Pentecostal. They said, oh, yeah, we, we would never curse using God's name. We, we know what God's name is, and we would never curse. God is talking about more than that. He's talking about being flippant when it's named. He's not about taking his name lightly, because if you know who he is, you would never take his name lightly. That, 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 there are names that are given 
that 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 constitute authority in your life and you never vary from it. There's some folk, Deacon Harmon, that just have to get in uh, 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 with, with the name thing so that they can be casual. But see, the thing that I that I said last week, you know, uh, when you start getting too casual, you'll get careless. But just think in our own relationships. There's sometimes some stuff is said and there's no way that you would have ordinarily said that. Well, practice makes perfect. So you practice not doing those kinds of things. And God says, you'll not use my name flippantly because to do so, there is an, I will not hold you guiltless. In other words, clean. You're a sinner if you can use God's name in vain. All right, all right. There's that other twin, Elizabeth. She said, okay, you got Terry, but you didn't get me on the hat. Wait a minute, it ain't cursing? You mean as long as I don't use God's name in, in curse phrases, uh, I'm okay? Or are you looking for something else that you can sneak? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking to uncover this real thing about using God's name in vain. You see, one of the issues is that God's name is a covenant name. And so in many settings, God's name is used to invoke an oath. So, you know, court, when you go to court and he says, do you swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth? So help you God. Y'all remember that? I mean, you know, I, I know it's been a while, Fred, since you've been in court. And MacArthur, I, I know you've you, you only been there once, so you may not have had to do that testimony, you know. But, 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 you know, it says, I am swearing to tell the truth, and I'm swearing by the name of God. That's what it's saying. And then you get on the stand. Were you down at that hamburger joint at uh, 10 o'clock? Is what they say, Elizabeth. No, Your Honor, I was not. That's a lie. You have sworn to tell the truth by God's name. You said, no, I wasn't there. You know you were there. See, you thought nobody saw you. Uh, there are no cameras that convince you that you're there. But you know what? You swore that you would tell the truth by the name of Almighty God. Ah, see, Terry, it took you three, but I'm going to get Elizabeth in two. Because Elizabeth takes the stand, and the judge asked her, were you down at the hamburger stand last night at 10 o'clock? I plead the fifth. You swore to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. Pleading the fifth against self-incrimination is a lie. And it is used God's name in vain. 
You, you see, folks? When you swear by all that's holy, see, and that's why people, they, they kind of guide up. They know, you know, they've been around religious circles, Brother Bogan. They, they don't, you know, they don't say, I swear to, you know, the almighty God. They say, oh, I swear to sweet water. I swear on my mama's grave. They, they know better. See, they, they have that fear. They know that God is not going to hold them. But even in that, that's deception. We know what you mean. You're trying to get something that's sacred and holy to swear by, but yet you want to tell an untruth. That's using God's name in vain. In your mind, you think something. You never say it, but you do what you think. You've used God's name in vain. What's need is he tight today, but he's right. This is to us, but it's also for us. Sister Bonds, Sister Bonds, Sister Bonds. Verse 8 and 9. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. Obedience to God and God alone. God says, Always have the day of rest and worship on your mind is a way to honor me. Don't forget to rest and worship. You were not created just to work, 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 do, 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 do. You were created to work and rest. And that's why we got uh, such uh, chaos in the society is that everybody's just trying to do, do, do instead of be. Everybody's just work, work, work. Oh, you know, I got this. I got that. Got calendars. Can't keep up with nothing. I, 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 I. Never taking a time to rest. And God says, Thou shalt remember the Sabbath, keep it separated from the rest of the days for six days. Did you hear me, Bernstein Reynolds? Six days. Do the work. And then rest. But the seventh day, Sister Bond, but the seventh day. That the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. No, when I was growing up, <laughs> probably esteemed too. There are very few days that, that you were under what we call lockdown, like Sunday, the Sabbath, for us. Because when I was growing up, there were no stores that was open. You ain't going to no grocery store. 
when I was growing up. You're certainly not going to no malls because then any of them exist. And you didn't go to no shopping centers, the few that did exist. You weren't going to wash no clothes. You weren't going to go pick no cotton. You weren't going to go chop rolls of uh, peas. You weren't going to do nothing on Sunday except get up, get your bath, and get to church. And if by chance there was any daylight left when you got home from church, you were quiet and you read. You didn't do nothing. Now that's that, that was my household. See, the closer we get, we comply. But the further we move out, we start not complying. And you say, well, Rosney, what's the, what, what's the Sabbath, the seventh day? Well, listen to Jesus. The reason why our Sabbath changed, because I know some of you are going to say, wait a minute, Sunday is the first day. Saturday is the seventh day. It says the Sabbath day. Take time. And so by now, by Jesus' time, when we, we bring him on the picture, when grace is there, it says, choose whatever day you want, but give God some time. You can even split those days, those, those, uh, uh, that 24-hour period up. But give God some time where you don't do nothing but worship God. But we can't even worship now. Oh, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back in the worship center. We can't even worship now without looking at our cell phones and answering a text. And, and, and see, now it's easier to hide, Sister Pillow, because, you know, everybody's got their Bible on their cell phone. So, you know, before we had Bibles on, that Bible app on the phone, and, and the preacher could see you uh, on, on, that, uh, on that cell phone. He, he could call you out. Hey, please, please put up your cell phone. But you notice there's no mention of cell phones now. You know why? Because the, the, the cell phones have become our images now. They become our Bible, and yet they let us keep our social connection. Wait a minute. You can't give God, wait a minute, right now, what, 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 what are we running at, uh, Deacon Armour, running about an hour and 10 minutes at the most for worship? And we can't go that long without getting on that uh, boob tube. That, that really is a boob tube. They used to call uh, a television a boob tube, but really it's, it's, it's it, the, uh, the cell phone is the modern day because we got our heads buried in. We can't carry on conversations with each other. And we certainly can't commune with God because we want to answer somebody at their favorite restaurant who didn't go to church, who's having breakfast at such is disturbing your worship. Does that make any sense, folks? That makes no sense. They don't even make common sense. You ain't got to be spiritual. Just common sense. God says, I got to have some time. And you know, we teach those spiritual disciplines in 201. And time with the Lord is one of them. Take 
practice spending time alone with God. Practice spending time alone, uh, uh, I mean, uh, corporately with God. Give God your full attention. We can't even wait to get out of church. I see people moving before the benediction is given. What? You're already on gospel life? You're already an hour? Hey, never. Uh, except chapel, my days of chapel, uh, Deacon Harmon. I ain't never been where, where an hour was all you had, and, and that was it. If you, you know, no, wasn't no run over. You know, the man could be right getting ready to go to the cross, and all of a sudden, ding, the one hour's up, they stopped. So you left there with Jesus hanging on the cross. We really got to look at chapter 20. Those verses regarding our relationship with God. And we've got to ask ourselves a question. God, is my all on the altar laid? Do I have any other things that have become God's alongside you? Do, 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 do I actively and gleefully pursue the Sabbath as a time that I can spend in total worship with you? that I can get to know the one triune God of the universe. Lord, when I, when I speak, am I frivolous and speak in your name? These are self-assessment questions. That, uh, my prayer is that we can all answer that. Yes, there are times, but I'm going to be better. And my prayer is also that there are some that says, uh, no, I keep the Sabbath holy. I have no other gods in my life. I do not flippantly use God's name. All it is is a guardrail and a guide and certainly a goal for us all. God bless you. God keep you is my prayer. Let's pray for one another. Sister Regina, you stay safe down there in Florida. And those of you that I don't know that are in Florida, uh, we are certainly praying for all of you. And pray for those folks. This is uh, um, a storm of uh, great proportion. One of great many lives will never be the same. Never be. And it's time now. It is times like these that we need to go grow closer to the Lord, not further apart. We need to uh, really yearn to be in his presence and worship. Keeping his name sacred and a day of worship, uh, of uh, rest that we can give him total worship. God bless you. God keep you. See you guys later.